This week on Ultra, 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 64, 64, 64, we go monster truck crazy with Off-Road Challenge, Monster Truck Madness, and Destruction Derby 64. I'm still adding up 64, 64, 64 in my head right now. I can't do it. This is, this is about, this is not about math. It's about monster trucks. Hello, everybody! Welcome to Ultra 64, the comprehensive monster truck podcast, only tangentially related to the Nintendo 64. We're uh, shifting gears, <laughs> like we're in the truck of uh, some kind. Yes, I am your... in the driver's seat, Woody Siskowski. I'm taking you out of the driver's seat. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. I've, <laughs> I've been over my head. I know nothing I'm, about cars. I'm Shotgun Steve Guntley, and uh, we are talking about three mud racing hard fighting dirty farting games we're getting down and dirty rolling the in shirts the mud are coming off you know those bikini wrestling videos where the ladies fight in the mud pits that's i needed to make the money that's what steve and i are doing right now <laughs> so if you hear any wet squishing sounds <laughs> that's literally what that is we're trying to get into the spirit of it yeah like we said we're playing three games this week uh off-road challenge monster truck madness 64 and destruction derby 64 uh, all three of these are racing games, albeit a little unconventional racing games compared to the last one, since they're all focused on big trucks and big mud and big destruction. But they are still racing games, and uh, as such, we have kind of a formula that we do with racing games. We ask our wonderful listeners to write in with some discussion questions, so we have something to talk about in between these boring-ass games. Yeah, neither of us are big racing gearhead racing no. game fans. We're both more into sort of the arcade stuff. And even from, like, a practical standpoint, like, there's just not a lot of information about these games. Like, mm-hmm. nobody was documenting in careful detail the creation of Off-Road Challenge. Right. Uh, nobody really cares. So, yeah, that's that's what we're doing with these games. We have some questions all geared up and ready to go. And remember, if you want to send in some questions, you can do that anytime because I bank them. There's um, more racing games we got to play. More racing so. games we got to play. So send them to ultra64podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. So uh, send in those questions. Uh, with no further ado, I guess or, like we uh, kind of poo because mud is poo uh, from the dirt. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, we kind of skipped over the premise of this podcast. So the premise oh, is yeah. we play all the games in the Nintendo sixty four catalog. We're at one hundred and three games, something like that now. Yeah, this is somewhere um, up there. I don't know when this. And one's so airing. the first one we played this week was Off Road Challenge. Off Road challenge so. stay on the road this game throws all that to the wayside no, this, no more this one says hey screw you convention yeah. we're going off road you know how the government pays for your roads and people mm-hmm. are like i didn't do, need him a government for any of this stuff well this game puts that to te- test exactly well i mean these are honorable citizens and they didn't pay taxes so they're not going to use our roads or our public facilities of any kind wait and actually thinking back on this game this premise immediately invalidated because you mm-hmm. actually are on the road quite a bit Lots of road, yeah, lots yeah. of road action in this off-road challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the roads really are most of the challenge, mm-hmm. if I had to say. Yeah, really, the challenge is staying on the road. Yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say. Anyway, uh, this game is called Off-Road Challenge. It was released in June 1998, and you can tell this is a game that nobody cares about when nobody bothers to pinpoint the actual day it was released. <laughs> yeah. It was just, just ah, sometime in June. in June, 20 years ago, who cares? This was developed by Avalanche and published by Midway. Uh, it was released in the arcades, but this is exclusive to N64 on home consoles. Uh, this development team we have seen before, Avalanche developed Rampage 2 and Rugrats in Paris, so we're oh, not very yippee. fond of them. And Midway made apparently most of the games on the system. I know. This is really the lesson here is that yeah. there were three developers for the Nintendo 64. Um, Nintendo, Nintendo and Rare made the good games, uh, and then Midway made everything else. Everything else, yeah. Acclaim sometimes did it, yeah. but I always confuse Midway and Acclaim anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've seen them before. This is actually a sequel to Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Super Off-Road for the NES, which is a game I actually played quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoyed it. It's it like was a- one of the few four-player games for mm-hmm. NES. Yeah, you had to have that special adapter. The multi-tap yeah, the multi tap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like an isometric racer a la RC Pro Am, which is a fun little genre. Mm-hmm. Kind of, 
takes a little while to figure out the controls. Sort but, of the uh, gimmick but behind the early off-road games was you could see the whole track at once, mm-hmm. um, so you would be able to sort of plan and have um, your different different cars going, and the camera wouldn't shift. Right. Um, which is actually, it was a kind of racing game I liked quite a bit, because oh, it yeah. gave them a good... When they tried to do 3D racing for the NES or the uh, Super Nintendo, they weren't able to put much variety in the tracks because they can't do sort of elevation and jumps. Oh, yeah. um, and all the turns are pretty basic, whereas with the isometric view, they're able to do a lot bigger variety. And it's weird. Like, I can't – I feel like most of the isometric racers I've played I enjoy, like Micro yeah. Machines and Rock and Roll Racing. And oh, like, Rock and Roll Racing so that, awesome. It's great. That's awesome. Uh, this game is not that. No. Uh, this is a standard-ass boilerplate uh, 3D racing game. I imagine it would be a pretty tough sell in 1998 to be like, check out this isometric racing game. Yeah. The world of isometric racing games has kind of just been uh, sort of shoved into mini games, like in a Mario Party mini game. It's like, you're all, you're the one where you're Luigi and you have the weird, your head is sticking out of the top of the car in the oh, mini game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like every character is just the has a car body yeah yeah um, but it's very rare to find a straight up just isometric racing game i think anymore. it's due for a comeback i mean it, those are fun yeah they are fun uh but but, yeah. spe- but this game not as not fun. fun not fun uh so boring in fact that i looked up uh some of the history of off-road racing just to see if there's anything sure. interesting you know we were talking about it, it's like this there's not even that much like all of these games all of these genres that this is based on can be boiled down to rednecks got bored <laughs> like and i say that as somebody from a very rural part of the country like you know i say it with some affection and mostly derision <laughs> but uh i mean so off-road racing kind of started in the u.s in the early 20th century and uh it kind of started in southern california R- drivers were organizing 100 mile races across the desert in their old beat-up trucks uh and since Wait, how early of the 20th century i couldn't find any specifics okay, Some I'm guessing say, it's not that early like it's not a bunch of people like booting up their monocles and right. popping into their model t's and like turn the crank ignatius yeah yeah no this is like 1930s i think okay. some people say other people say 1950s uh it's hard to pin down because you can't really say like oh this guy invented driving far yeah you know this guy invented driving over sand yeah I mean, so it, it, it did pick up uh, uh, some popularity. Like uh, in Europe, they classed it up a little bit. Like every year they have the Paris to Dakar rally, which is like a big sporting event over okay. in Europe. And that's an off-road racing event. Uh, it comes in a few varieties. There's like the desert race, like the Baja 100, which we were talking about. There's short circuit, which tend to be like indoor, like stadium racing. And that's what Ivan Ironman Stewart was known for. Right. Uh, and then there's like uh, weird variant events like hill climb, where it's just like a big uphill race. Near where I grew up in Colorado, uh, they would have the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb every year, and it was like a big deal. And Pikes Peak is actually one of the levels in uh, Off-Road Challenge. It is, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll talk a little bit about that. I mean, off-roading culture is very big where I grew up. Okay, see, I, yeah, it's totally not a part of mine. So, yeah, what was that like? Yeah, it's like when you're in high school, like a lot of your concept of masculinity is tied to how much mud you have on your truck. So is it mud or hockey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it should go without saying that I hadn't, I didn't have a truck. I didn't have mud on my (laughs) truck. I I was not one of the cool kids. But there was like a little area outside of town we called the switchbacks where people would take their their dirt bikes or their uh, big trucks and they would race and jump over hills. And we had... Uh, they call it Skyline Drive. It's it's a very narrow, very high ridge, mm-hmm. very steep. Uh, you can only fit one car on it at a time, and uh, even then, barely. And kids in my high school used to race up that Whoa. thing. And I was afraid to go on it at all because yeah. I don't want to die in a stupid way. But uh, And people did die. Yeah, like People man. in my high school died crashing off that thing. Wow. Like. Yeah, so it, it's a thing. It was it's the like Tide a, Pods of your generation. It was, yeah. It's a big dirt-covered Tide Pod, and kids just cannot resist it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think a little bit of the animosity you're hearing in my voice is partially because uh, all of these games are garbage, <laughs> and also partially because like it's bringing back all these old memories of being in high school and like having to endure Feeling an outcast fixation. from such a stupid oh, yeah. hobby yeah this this is like real dumb to me but yeah. you know whatever i collect nintendo 64 games so i mean I, well I'm, not anymore because you oh, have yeah, them i'm done, I'm done. Yeah. that's true you now you collect wii u games oh yeah may or may not be worse yeah it may not <laughs> i mean it's debatable it's debatable all right let's talk about this actual game itself because uh there's incredibly little to talk about this is about as bare bones a game as we've seen so i didn't realize this game was by midway because yeah. the simplest way to describe this game is that it is a ripoff of Cruising USA with 
a more dirt emphasis. Yeah. There's, that's, that's there's less personality and more dirt. Yeah. But it basically looks exactly the same in the sense of um, there's very sort of bland looking um slight variations in the track um they all just kind of go through the desert one of the levels is las vegas Uh um but you're right on the outskirts of las vegas you the the level ends right when you get to the strip and they're like welcome to las vegas here's the end of the level yeah you're like oh great that's what i wanted from las vegas yeah everything you want to see in las vegas is like the desert surrounding the city yeah like you don't even go on the hoover dam or anything or like drive through like What's the town with all the brothels? I forget the name. <laughs> but, like, there's a town with a bunch of brothels. Uh, I don't know. Brothelville? Don't there. Brothel town. Welcome to, welcome to Horsville. Yeah. I just imagine Canyon. them greeting you with a big musical number every time you arrive. That'd yeah, random, random fun fact about this game, too. It allowed you to turn off the trophy girls. Yes. Like, so there's animation and, and probably in, you know... We all remember in Cruising USA when you complete the level, there's the girls waving the signs in bikinis. And it should be noted, these are not scantily clad girls. These are women like wearing jumpsuits. So I think it's just offering you the option to turn off the concept of women. <laughs> um, so it's a very weird feature. I mean, you go in the main menu here and you have three options. It says one player, two player options. That's it. Yeah. So you can choose to play one player, uh, which I started off with. And it's like, all right, it looks okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, know, it looks boring, but it looks at least boring, it's okay. But your truck looks like a truck. You can you can clearly discern what's happening, and they add a lot of little like quote unquote wacky details to keep <laughs> things interesting. Like a UFO crashed into like a mesa at one point, like near the. It was whatever. It was a little tiny attempt to add personality. Two player mode is where, and I I think we can say this unqualified. This is the worst frame rate drop I've seen in a game so far. Yeah, like, yeah. Usually there's a tip off in one player mode when mm-hmm. you say, "Oh, this isn't working great. It's probably not going to be great in two player." Yeah. This seemed, yeah, this is fine in one player, fine. and yeah. then two player, whoo, yeah, it drops hard. Like I wish I had some way of like calibrating how many frames per second it was because i would guess it's two (laughs) (laughs) so maybe less and it's real bad and it's compounded by the fact that the draw the draw distance is suffering and it starts getting real foggy which you didn't have in the one player mode and there's only there's no computer cars anymore there's only you and the other player and and oftentimes like i was hitting obstacles before i realized they were there like, I would see an obstacle, and then it would clip, and all of a sudden, there's a tree in me, and I can't <laughs> see anymore, and I have no idea what's happening. Uh, it, it became just unplayable. Yes. It, it goes... So, I mean, in the one-player mode, this game is boring and bad and not interesting. No. But at the two-player mode, it's unplayable, unplayable. like you said. And th- those are the only modes. That's um, it. It's a tremendously light amount of content. It seems like... Uh, I, Midway just seems like they had sort of a staple of things that they had access to, like the Cruising USA engine, mm-hmm. and like um, they they use the announcer from NFL Blitz. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Yeah. And so they're like, who's a, what's available? What can we cobble together to sort of put this game together? I will say the vocal yeah. samples made me laugh a little bit, just because the the announcer when he says checkpoint, he really draws out point. He says checkpoint. <laughs> And then uh, when you go to – you can upgrade your vehicle at the end of each match. Like you can, you can hit little treasure chests on the track to gain money or like you gain some money by winning. And there's also like little nitrous Oh, yeah. Boosts. That was – that's right. I, well, these games are already blending already together blending in together. my mind. That's and right. You, when you go to the uh, uh, modification screen, you hear like a girl pops up and she says, beef up your truck. Yeah. And that made me laugh. I don't know. <laughs> Just the idea of beefing up your truck is funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, game does have the the you know when you complete a race you get money which you can use to like upgrade your shocks and your engine which is always seems cool in theory but yeah. they never you never quite notice a difference. Not really. Like it's not I don't know this is all me- a mechanic that I want to like in these kind of games but unless you get something that like lets you fly or dramatically alters the way you look it's not very interesting. Yeah, yeah, not at all. I mean, even the track and car selection are bare bones. You get four cars, six yeah. tracks, and that's it. That's it. Uh, I can imagine being very pissed at paying full price for this game. Like, there's not even enough, like, in a cruising sense of, like, exploring and finding... I mean, I guess there are a couple of little side paths you can take. Yeah, but, but I mean, the thing that the cruising games have going for them, they're not great playing games, but they at least have some wackiness and personality, yeah. and this game is just lacking that. It's just kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's a good thing we actually have a, uh, a listener discussion question to talk about. Because Perfect. That'll, that'll help branch things out a little bit. Uh, this one comes from – a lot of these came from our former guests or just friends. That's how it works. That's, but that's I'm okay all our listenership. That. That's why we bring on friends. people as guests is so they'll listen to the show. Exactly. That's a new <laughs> Eventually, how many more people do we have to have on the show before we're number one on iTunes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Tune in for our episode next week where we have 100 guests. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. I want to form a queue, have people come in and say one sentence at a time, and just yeah, just sure that would be a pleasure for the listener. That would be really funny. Anyway, this question comes from Rosie Crow, who we've had on uh, several times. Uh, She asks, "What video game would you like to see turn into a movie? So pitch your idea and cast it." Oh, and cast it. Uh Oh, I did. I did not. I did not come prepared. Okay, um, here, here's mine. So what's popular nowadays is nostalgia, right? Oh, yeah. So we all love those games we played growing up. And what game do it so, you know, and what's bigger than a f- big fantasy epic tale mm-hmm. of, of a small person who conquers, um, conquers evil? <laughs> um, so I don't know if you played uh, this NES game called Willow. Oh, God. But, um... <laughs> You play that as this... can't count. Wait, what? How can that not? What, what are you talking about? How can that count? What are you talking about? There's it's been this great NES game. There's been We're... thirty movies in the beloved Willow franchise at this point. They already made a movie based on the video game Willow. <laughs> oh man, I have to see this. Try again. Try okay. again. Okay. Um. Here's the correct answer. Okay. The correct answer is Metroid. Um. <laughs> that is the correct. Answer. Um. The, the the tricky thing about video game movies is. Now, we would want to say something like Metal Gear Solid or um, Uncharted, but these games have such good production values in the game itself and such good cutscenes and character development that they've kind of already done the job of the movie. It would be redundant, yeah. Yeah, the movie is just going to sort of fail when people are like, oh, it was just, it wasn't like the game, or there's just too much world building already set up that the movie is unnecessary. Whereas Metroid has exactly the right amount of world building set up. Mm Mm-hmm. In the sense that it's got a really cool environment and vibe. It's sort of a creepy sci-fi planet thing. Yeah. yeah sci- like, so many cool worlds in Metroids with a really cool, weird vibe. Um, it's kind of like kind of like Alien or something like that. Mm. Um, and I don't know. You could cast uh, Charlize Theron as Samus, right? No. Yeah, Is that yeah. too obvious? Is that boring? That's a little on the nose, but okay. she would kill it. She yeah. would kill it, I think. I mean... I'm thinking, like, we were talking earlier about uh, Denis Villeneuve, who's uh, uh, directing a Dune movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's the guy who did uh, Blade Runner 2049. So you're going to cast Ryan Gosling as uh, Samus? I mean, I want to put Gosling in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He can play Ridley. Okay, yeah, like <laughs> He that. would be a great, very still Ridley. But, I mean, yeah, you get somebody like that to direct this movie. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, I don't know. You, I think you want somebody who's got a really good visual yes. palette is comfortable with long silences mm-hmm. and yeah, you definitely an don't, approach. You don't want Samus talking too much no. or anything. It's it's definitely a tricky thing. They tried to put uh, more cinema cinematics in Metroid Other M, yeah. which was just kind of painful. Mm. Um, and so you don't want to develop that too much. I just think it's a really cool world to explore, and there's enough freedom in the backstory that you can really explore this stuff as opposed to like... Yeah, because like, I mean, I love Metal Gear Solid, and it would be cool to see a Metal Gear Solid movie... But I don't know what that wants to do that the games haven't already talked about in yeah. depth. So my vote is for um, Willow, okay, based on the NES game, followed by Metroid. I was so worried when I kicked that back, you were going to come back with like Hudson Hawk or oh. Hook or something. Like, <laughs> well, I, that's the same joke, right? It is. I thought you were going to torture me and drag it out. Because I'm like, uh, uh, must correct. Uh, he's deadpan. I don't know if he's joking. Uh, uh, I don't know if I... I think my answer was similar along the lines of, like, a property that doesn't have a lot of backstory, but I went goofier. I went with, I would like to see, like, a DreamWorks or, like, Blue Sky or something animated version of Bubble Bobble. Oh, nice! Yeah. And I would cast uh, Seth Rogen okay. and Michael B. Jordan nice. as Bub and Bob. I, I'm, I'm on board. I think they'd have a great yeah. dynamic. That, that uh, is a great dynamic. I think that would be really fun. And, I mean, again, that series is a blank slate. You don't know anything about it, except they... They bird pow bubbles and they stomp on. Yeah, I, and... I really love the idea of. I think we talked a while ago. I don't remember what episode about a joust movie. Yeah, which I yeah. actually looked up and there was actually talk of that existing at oh one point. Um, I would see that. I 
yeah, I think that the new games that people talk about of like wanting a movie like The Last of Us or something like that, it's just an inevitable disappointment. You guys got to go back and be like, where's the Pac-Man movie? Yeah. Like, how did Pac-Man get chased by those ghosts? How did those ghosts die? Yeah. Like, these are a lot of questions that are infinite for exploring and oh, they yeah. can really it's lean loaded. into the goofy tone. I, I guess I appreciate as weird as that n- Pikachu movie looks, at least they're doing some kind of weird thing mm. that, you know, isn't, it's not going to disappoint fans of Pokemon. I mean, I'm, of course it will, but yeah, like, they're weird. It, at least it's like clearly trying to do its own thing. So it's not going to well, disappoint I, by being inaccurate to the source material. I, I played that Detective Pikachu game mm-hmm. on 3DS and it's like... It's very childish and it's got its own story and everything like that. This lo- the movie looks like it's not doing anything like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm weirdly excited for that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I really like the Bubble Bobble movie. Yeah. I think that's gonna be fun. But yeah, I feel like Metroid. I feel like would make a a great movie. And I mean, but, speaking of Detective Pikachu, there's an actress who's gonna be in that movie, uh, Suki Waterhouse, who, who uh, she's kind of up and coming, and I think she would do a good Samus. She's very good at being, like, still and intense. Okay. And uh, uh, she's got some action movie cred, like she did The Bad Batch and a couple of other movies like that. So she'd be a good choice. Cool. Well, thank you, Rosie, for that question. I needed it to calm me down before moving on to our next game. Yeah, you talked about how you would be pissed if you had brought Off-Road Challenge with the lack of content. What if you had bought, what's this game called? Monster Monster Truck Truck Madness Madness 64. 64. Okay, let's dig into this garbage pile this was released june 30th 1999 developed by edge of reality and published by rockstar games and it was also released on pc so we met edge of reality previously because they did the excellent excellent conversions of the three tony hawk games which both of us have in our all top three 10. of them are in our top tens. Yeah. uh and they also did the uh the pretty decent conversion of spider-man which we both yeah. liked um yeah uh, most of their experience was kind of importing other games. They did ports of Mass Effect and Dragon Age and The Sims. Um, they went under in 2017, but that was mostly what they did. This is actually Rockstar Games' second game ever after being renamed. They used to be called DMA Designs, and I think they only had like two uh, Grand Theft Auto games under their belt at this point, okay. and then this came along. Um, so this is a sequel. Uh, this appears on the PC as Monster Truck Madness 2. It's a sequel to... Uh, I forget the name of it. Um, let me take a what guess. What could it be called? Uh, the Monster Mash Mayhem. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was they a graveyard were, smash yeah. from what I hear. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I didn't play it myself, but I hear. Was I hear. It, um, it was the sequel to the Transylvania Twist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Monster Trucks. Uh, again, following the same thread, there's not really one defined moment where Monster Trucks arose, but... Uh, Monster Truck shows started becoming popular in the mid-70s, and they hit their apex in the 80s. I suspect this was kind of part of a trend. I don't know if there's a word for it. I'm going to call it hillbilly chic okay. uh, of the 70s and 80s. You know, the same same kind of weird cultural moment that gave us the Dukes of Hazard and Smokey yeah. and the Bandit. Okay, I and, can see that. You know, my parents bought a CB radio at one point that <laughs> okay. we talked on. Like, I don't know. It, it's It was a thing. Like, trucker culture was a thing. I have found, in my quest to find weird Christmas music, I have found multiple songs about truckers rescuing Santa Claus yeah. by using their CB radios. Was it, yeah, yeah. There was, there's albums, like novelty albums, or like the guy who did Convoy, C.W. McCall. And you'll see, like, most animated shows like like uh, king of the hill or simpsons or things like that they'll inevitably have an episode where the main character becomes a trucker oh yeah. uh, uh, the critic did that too and i think that's because the writers of those shows were kids in the 70s mm. when all this stuff was happening okay. so monster trucks basically they kind of arose from that uh, really they're just trucks that have been modified with giant tires and suspensions typically Competition monster trucks are going to be about 12 feet high and have 66-inch off-road tires. And uh, the purpose of monster trucks is less about racing and more about destruction. Uh, So Bob Chandler, who's the driver of the famous truck Bigfoot, is credited with being the first driver to crush a line of cars. Uh, And then that just became a staple. That's kind of what you do. You know, you go to these monster truck shows to hear really loud noises and uh, watch things get destroyed. So have you ever been to a monster truck show? I have not. I remember... Being like eight or nine and living in uh, uh, Bay Area in California, and I really wanted to go to one. Uh, 
because I think I saw a Simpsons episode. Okay, yeah. It was an early, it was a season two episode, Bart the Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to see Truckosaurus. And so I saw that episode. I'm like, oh my God, that <laughs> looks amazing. But very it, misleading. I think, I think that was a phase that lasted less than a day or two. <laughs> like, but you know. said that you had uh, some, some cars. Oh that, no no no! That's in a, uh, a oh, demolition derby. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. again. They're all oh, they're yeah. all blending well, together for me. So what's different between a monster truck rally and a demolition derby? Uh, I mean, I don't, the purpose isn't to destroy the other monster truck. It's to destroy like innocent passerby cars. Yeah, you get little shitty like Buicks and stuff that don't work anymore. Okay, so a monster truck over. rally is not really a competition. It's just sort uh, of a stage show. Yeah, it's kind of stage. It's the Harlem Globetrotters of the okay. racing world. And uh, all, all those other cars are the... Uh, they're just... They're the generals. The generals, the, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's about doing stunts. And there's a little bit of a racing element to it, but it's not, it's not why you're buying your ticket. Well, uh, you your... never would know that based on a Monster Truck Badness 64. I mean, mo- yes. Monster Truck Racing is also notable because it's kind of like a real-life racing game in that uh, you don't care about the drivers. You care <laughs> okay. about the trucks. Like yeah. It's like, oh, now, look, it's Bigfoot. And oh, driver, right, the trucks have the name. Some anonymous guy, Grave Digger or California Crusher or whatever. Like they're Yeah, the trucks are the draw. Nobody okay. cares about who's driving it. And this game weirdly has a license, like a shared license with uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, the WCW, there's a tie-in with that. And we'll talk about it when we finally get to our wrestling games. But WCW was having a moment around this time. They were really making a play to overtake WWE. And so they were, like, licensing everything. Man, and I'm so, not looking forward to the wrestling episode. I am. I have to hear you just, talk about this garbage. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm going to give you a book to read. It's great. I, I'm uh, not reading oh, a book on it's wrestling. So, it's, in, it's fascinating. I'm telling you. But, uh, yeah, so we, you get, like, a Hollywood Hogan truck in this or, like, the Outsiders truck. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. So, Which are not real trucks, right? Or are they? Were they actually real I trucks? I don't you know? know, actually. Okay. That's good to know. They seem pretty crazily designed. Right. I mean, yeah, there were uh, uh, 20 trucks in this game. They're all mm-hmm. real. All, or, or, I think there's a lot of real this, trucks. This game 10 different tracks. by far had the most content oh, yeah, yeah, of the yeah. three games we played. It's um, absolutely overflowing with shitty content. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a toilet clog up of... You just when you go in and you flush and it just starts starts coming back up. That's yeah. that's Monster Truck Ra- Madness sixty four. You might be able to tell, dear observant listener, that we weren't crazy about this game. Uh, <laughs> so this like just physically the cartridge that I have is the one that's in the shabbiest condition of any game I own. Like the labels all peeled away and it's like all all raggedy. And now I understand why someone was trying to destroy it. And they did not succeed. And now, like Jumanji, it's taken on a new form yeah, and it's our, following us. In our first playthrough of this, about f- two or three minutes in, it starts this... So the game is just glitching out because it's a glitchy piece of garbage. Uh-huh. But it starts this high-pitched sort of staticky wailing. And then the screen, like, starts yeah. getting all static. And like, Steve, Steve, are we about <laughs> to get sucked into the game? Like, is someone going to come out and, like, run over us with a monster truck? Oh, my God. I mean, of all of the, like hack comedy scenarios of being sucked into a something this would be the worst thing to be trapped in like you're just being chased by stupid monster trucks so this game is um for what we just talked about about monster trucks you know being kind of a stage show this is actually more of a racing game but imagine but imagine a racing game where you don't have to stay on the track and the trucks have no weight or physics, and they all control, like, it doesn't matter if you're giving any input. Yeah. Like, they, they just kind of drive themselves. You 90% know? of your playtime with this game will be trying to stop your truck from flipping over. Yeah. Which it does constantly. Which it does constantly. Uh, like, anytime you try and bank around a corner. You know, like, you could possibly argue that these are, like, realistic truck physics. Like, if you were trying to drive one of these gigantic oversized trucks with their crazy suspensions around a sharp corner, you'd probably flip it over. Sure. Uh, the, the physics do get less realistic when you get the hover power up and your yes. truck commences to fly in the air for a large point, portion of the track. First of all, it, it was feeling like a slow aero gauge at that point. Yeah. And also it made the game ludicrously unfair because you get that and you can coast for a long period of time uh, and you're no longer subject to the terrible physics of the ground. And you can get far enough ahead of anybody that you're 
lost. Like you, you put them in your rear view. It, it's just so bizarre. The the truck, the levels are super big and wide open, but so you can just kind of drive off the track mm. and go way far away into the water yeah. just in this sort of blank area and you the game will just let you keep going it won't say go back to the track hit your checkpoint or anything yeah. You'll just you don't keep... get a lackatoo with a fishing rod pulling <laughs> you out of the water no you just you are stuck in that water until for, you find for, your way out yeah and it's you have no idea where you are this game is just baffling in i mean the basic mechanics of having this sort of open track. It's like there's a reason racing games keep you on the track. Yeah. It's so you don't get lost and frustrated and fall way behind everybody else. This game doesn't care. No, right? no, it does not give a shit. Like, I mean, maybe it's it's Rockstar experimenting with their open world mechanics from an early uh, period. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, look, you can explore anything. This, this game, gray foggy patch or this gray foggy patch. Yeah, it's like they just had maps Mm -hmm. and then they had a mechanic of being able to drive a car and then they just put both of those together and they're like there's your game yeah like we're not going to design mechanics we're not going to like you know force you in certain directions it's just like you got a car you got places to drive what else do you want we're not going to make your fun for you no no (laughs) it's i'm okay so some of the weird baffling features that they have in this so you can choose you choose your track then you choose the time of day and it ranges from like Day. You know, day, dusk, night, night. pitch black, yeah. <clears throat> which is literally just pitch black. You can only see with the light of your uh, headlights. Yeah, and it's hard enough to see and control what's going on in this game. <laughs> and then you can add weather effects, including like you could just make it clear or rainy or snowy. And the hilarious one to me was fog. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> which you hate so much in these I racing hate it. games. I hate it. And this game already has a bit, like every level looks really foggy. And then you add fog to it and it's just like, oh, great. This hard to see shit is now even harder to see yeah. shit. <laughs> Uh, so that was hysterical to me. It's like, wow, they really are unaware. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a, like a weird thing. This is not uh, more features is not always better. No, just no, because you have no. the option to add fog does not mean you should. It's like, okay, here's a pile of dog shit on the ground. I'm going to add a little American flag, and here's a sparkler, and here's another pe- pile of dog shit put sideways. All right, here's your game. Yeah, <laughs> look how great this is now. And, and so then they con- then they we we hated this. I mean, this mode was just bizarre and awful yeah. and so we were like okay what else what else do we have going here yeah okay uh, so there's uh, the six different modes within it the first one is soccer okay soccer and immediately it came up and i'm just like okay this is rocket league if it were terrible if it were terrible <laughs> and it's a very accurate description because it's just the basic gameplay of this game the horrible to control cars mm-hmm. and just a small square room with a goal on each side and you simply bump the ball um, to the other person's goal, but it's very hard to turn around, um, and so sort of whoever hits it first is just going to hit it in the other person's goal. Did we ever figure out how to reverse? Is this one where it's hold Z? Yeah, you have to hold Z, which I think okay. is that control changes in the different games. Yeah, because it's, it's King it's of the fire Hill your one. weapon in the main mode. Yeah, like you have you do get weapon. I don't know if yeah. we mentioned that you get missiles and you get like springs that make you jump. Way off, off the fucking map. Yeah, I know. Somewhere the most worthless power-up. You just draw this spring, and you're like, oh, activate this spring, and then your car just launches in the air to who knows where, and you're like, oh, now I get to drive back onto the course. It also really didn't seem to matter who won the race at any point, <laughs> right? Like, am I crazy? No, you... Did we just, like, fundamentally misunderstand the purpose of this game by categorizing no, it as you, a racing game? No, you played against the computers and won the race. Okay, okay, we did, When yeah. you were getting that hover power-up the whole that's time. That's right, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. no, nothing matters, Steve. It just, it's just... I mean, this is, like, the biggest shrug of a game. <laughs> like, you can just feel the people, like, uh, uh, do you care about this? No, okay, let's just let's just throw whatever random... Sh- like, honestly, if they typed random letters into the computer, it would have turned out this game. Yeah. I love it. And then the next the next <laughs> mode is hockey, which is exactly the same as soccer, except you're on ice. And it's uh, a big tire instead of a puck. <laughs> and also, it doesn't seem to matter if there's another player in front of it, because I, I hit the puck and it went straight through you into my goal. So, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, this game is already horrendous to control, and now we're going to do it on ice. Yeah, yeah. So, that mode, not much fun either. About... All these modes were like, okay, we're obligated to try each of these modes. So we started and we played for a minute, and one of us inevitably was like, "You got to stop. Yeah, we got to exit this mode. I can't do this anymore." Okay, what was the it the was next King mode? Summit. Was, yeah, Summit, Summit Rumble. Yeah, Summit um, Rumble, where there's four ramps, um, and then a sort of pedestal in the middle of yeah. the level, 
and you drive up these ramps to try and land on this pedestal, and you kind of just sit there until you someone bumps you, stay you off. stay there as long as you can. It's king of the hill. You're trying to figure out who can stay on top of this pedestal the longest. But it's king of the hill with no strategy or gameplay. You just sort of drive up the ramp, and sometimes the physics carry you right over the pedestal. Yeah. When you jump, sometimes you land on it. And then there's and no way like to five fucking minutes long. Yeah. Like, why would it be this long? Like, we we gave up after minute two, which I think should have been the cap. Yeah. Like, two minutes at most is all you should be playing this game. One minute better. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Li- it's literally drive up a hill, sit on the platform until you get knocked off, and then drive up the hill again. Yeah. It- I mean, they they get everything wrong in this game including like a very basic feature like okay when you're playing multiplayer and you select i am player one which screen do you expect to be on you usually expect top screen there's a vertical split yeah player one goes on the top screen this has been in every split screen game since i've played a split screen game yeah a horizontal split Horizontal split. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I was yeah, like, you're right. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you expect player one on top, player two on the bottom. Nope, not Monster Truck Madness. They want to mix it up. And the bitch of it is we were playing for a while and then we started playing the next game that is normal and does it right. And we, we were, were both confused. looking at the wrong we were screen. We looking at the wrong fucking screen. It retrained our brains to <laughs> absorb their garbage. Yeah, then there's just no reason for that. Okay, so the next mode is something called Chase. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. we never figured out how that worked. One of us was a cop car. One of us was a chicken. So, no, that was, was that? the tag oh, mode. That okay. Was this was a cop car and the other car. This was the one on Voodoo I Island. I sort of knocked you into the water right away. Within the first 30 seconds of us racing, I knocked you into the water. And I spent and, the rest of the time trying to get out. And then you spent three minutes trying to drive out of the water. And I just drove around not knowing what to do. And that was that, that. was chase mode. Thrilling. Thrilling. It was like the moment in the Steve McQueen movie Bullet. You know, remember that amazing chase scene where Steve McQueen drives into San Francisco Bay and just stays there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was amazing. <laughs> and then the final mode is tag, mm-hmm. where one player is a cop car and one player is a chicken. Yeah. And then when you hit them, you sort of switch roles and get points for hitting them. And it is equally unfun as everything else that this game has done. That one at least had a little internal logic, but... It wasn't fun. Like, it wasn't enjoyable in any way. Yeah. And I can't imagine having more players than this would in- enhance the experience. No. Uh, man, I hated this game. Man, I yeah, hate, it was, hate this game. It was awful. This it, one threw me for a loop. I did not... I, I was not expecting this. I, I guess we should also mention it looks terrible. Oh, it looks like ass. Um, yeah. There's no design... There's no sort of features on any of the maps. They just sort of are flat-looking. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they go up, and sometimes there's water. I can't and think of, like, one nice thing to say about it. Like, I can't think of anything I liked or even, like, moderately tolerated. I no, other, I agree. I yeah, I, w- I, I, was, I was digging there. I no, was yeah, going to try yeah. and be contrarian, and I can't either. Nothing, nothing. Uh, I will, a little coda for that. This series did spin off into a bunch of other games. Like, any anytime you see a racing game with madness, it's part of this series. So, like, Motocross Madness, Midtown Madness, which is fairly well regarded if i remember correctly it's like kind of an open world racing game like this one except intentionally yeah for what for what it's worth um we uh, maybe there's just something horrendous about this port because i don't think either of us have played other no. ones in the series no 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 but there were pc exclusives elsewhere yeah yeah maybe like the pc version is okay but this game sure is not it definitely is not Okay, we need to Whew. decompress. Luckily, yeah. we have a question here from Dan Reese. Uh, same same household as the uh, previous question. So <laughs> we're not expanding much. No. But uh, that's about. A, we could drive there in five minutes. I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Dan's uh, leading uh, phrasing in this just so we can all mock him later. But he okay. said, "What is the worst controller and why is it Nintendo 64?" Okay, um, fair question. Fair it's a question. Fair question. Uh, look. I, I think we've both kind of come to turn on the N64 controller a mm-hmm. little bit when we see how limited its abilities are, but yeah. it gets way worse than the Nintendo 64 controller. Would you say, I would say that the Nintendo 64 controller is far down there in the realms of mainstream, like, default controllers for a big system. I would argue there's worse. Uh, do you remember the original Xbox controller? Yes. With the The buttons, giant duke. The giant duke. Yes. Uh, which is like as big as my head, and I do not have a small head. <laughs> and it, all the buttons are like 
so close together you can't press yep. one without I pressing have, all of I them. have tiny, tiny hands, and I could not make my way around the Duke. No, it was terrible. And then they replaced it with the, the next form of the Xbox controller, which was great. Yeah, one which is the, a wonderful one of, one controller. Yes, that is a horrendous controller. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can all agree that the, wor- the worst controllers are the bizarre offshoot controllers oh, that yeah. have been made. The Mad um, Cats. <laughs> yeah. he, well... Especially ones that are like weird promotional ones. I was looking this up earlier. There's like a weird Resident Evil 4 chainsaw, chainsaw controller, controller. I love Which is very controller. cool looking, but it's probably not very easy to play a game with. Yeah. Um, there's one that's a samurai sword that I think came out for Onimusha. Oh, wow. Um, which looks really difficult to play with. And then there's the early motion control technology. Ooh, the like, activator. The yeah, a- yeah the, the, the activator, which was a circle mm-hmm. that you would sort of build around yourself um for your sega genesis and then you would move in it to like do stuff in your game and Um, you compare that with the enforcer feedback vest which would like shake and rumble like when uh kano was punching you or something in mortal Kombat. it was was ready player one was there yeah yeah. right on top of it is a suit that he can uh take a crap in I think historically Um, you could argue the most detrimental controller was the atari 5200 controller because that led to the system being recalled. Oh, wow. Because uh, you would play it a little bit, and then the springs inside would snap, and so you just had this little, like, limp joystick on your controller, and you couldn't play your games anymore. Yeah, early joysticks were really bad in general. Like, the Atari 2600 joystick is hard to use it's, because it's only... Yeah. I think it only gives you six degree, like six directions, or eight directions you can move, but it registers all the directions. Like, you it's can stiff. move it everywhere, and it's, yeah. so it's stiff and awkward. Uh, yeah, I mean, that... it's iconic look. And then I I had uh, a Philips CDI. Okay. Which uh, uh, have you seen those controllers? No, I've never actually seen a Philips CDI oh in my person. God. Okay, it's it's basically just like a early '90s television remote mm-hmm. with one big joystick awkwardly sticking out of it, and that's it. So think like the Wii Mote, but without like the nunchuck edition. Yeah. You know, and you just have to do everything on that. It's impossible to figure out well there's a lot of very the very you know the worst time for controllers were the very or the pre-nes days yeah um i have a fairchild channel f which is basically a plunger <laughs> that's on your controller damn thing like, yeah yeah that one's so strange um so and in, in that spirit the reason that the n64 controller is so bad mm. and just in the same way that those early controllers are so bad is because i don't think nintendo really knew what they were doing um I my guess is it was kind of a safety valve to say, hey, we don't know if this 3D movement is going to catch on. Yeah. We don't know if people want to play these 3D games, so let's make sure that there is a control pad if if people just want to keep playing 2D games. Yeah, yeah. If the, that's the way the system goes and like Super Mario 64 is not a success, we'll at least have this 2D controller over here. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't um, I never thought about it like that. Like because they, uh... I I still play I mean, I play Mortal Kombat Trilogy with the control pad. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it works fine to use that and the C buttons. I find fighting uh, games feel better when you use, like, the, the four-directional. Yeah, so it is reason. nice to have that option. It just, they sort of later would figure out how to put a control pad and a stick on the same controller without having the controller designed like a crazy person. I, I will concede to Dan that I, I do think Nintendo 64 has the worst Nintendo controller. Like, I can't think of one that's worse. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's definitely not the worst Nintendo hardware. Like, that still goes to, like, uh, the Virtual Boy or right. maybe the Wii or the Wii U, you know. But, uh, yeah, but I, I would say that's the worst Nintendo controller. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. The and Wii U for all – or for the Wii for all its weirdness, like, worked. Yeah. Like, and it was simple I and actually, intuitive. I, I really like the Wii controller. Mm-hmm. I find that whole – playing, like, Super Mario Galaxy with this nunchuck and um, – you know, the Wiimote is yeah. really comfortable and pleasant because I can just move my arms around however I want. Like, I'm not holding them together in a close way. I just find it very relaxing. And it, yeah. I liked playing uh, Xenogears, Xenosaga. Was it the Xenosaga, right? Xenos- For the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Those There's games are the worst Xenos, names. Yeah. Um, but I just find it a very relaxing controller to use. And, yeah, and we all know about the N64. The stick sucks. Yeah, it, it does. That it got really outclassed does. so quickly by the uh, PlayStation the DualShock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, that that kind of blew it out of the water. Yeah. So I'll give you that. I don't think it's the worst controller ever. And I bet you can find even worse, weirder ones. Uh, and I encourage people to write in if you know of any. But, yeah, if anyone uh, had these super weird controllers, I read about one that was apparently like a balance board that you would you would lean in different directions to move, and it sounded like a recipe for kids getting really hurt. Oh god, that that like Tony Hawk ride. But this is for the NES. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, 
Oh, what was the other one? Like the, one of the weirdest ones I've heard of. You know the game Res for the PS2? Yeah, it's, it's like a vibration there a, controller. There was a vibrator controller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like an actual like wand massager <laughs> specifically for that purpose. So, yeah. Anyway, thanks for the question, Dan. We appreciate that. Uh, let's move on to our last game for the evening. We are talking about Destruction Derby 64. This one was released September 30th, 1999, developed by Looking Glass Studios and published by THQ. This was also released on PC, PlayStation, and Saturn. Uh, Looking Glass Studios lasted from 1990 to 2000, so only a decade, mm-hmm. uh, and they were based out of New England. They mostly worked on PC games, and they actually have a couple of classics under their belt. They were the studio that created Thief mm-hmm. and uh, System Shock. Oh, wow. Which is a big title, and it's yeah. kind of the precursor to Bioshock. Bioshock yeah. Um, and we're going to see them again when we get to our Command and Conquer port for the N64. Okay. Uh, Command and Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> and weirdly, this is the first time we've played a THQ game, but uh, THQ was and kind of is a big deal, yeah. um, I, I, especially around this time, like the Destruction Derby came out. I think that was kind of around the peak of THQ. Um, they filed for bankruptcy in 2013, but they were acquired by Nordic, so they now go the, by the name THQ Nordic. And they have a couple of high-profile releases coming out. There's a Biomutant, which is getting a lot of buzz. Looks kind of cool. Darksiders Three just came out. Yeah, a couple of others. Uh, so THQ was best. Oh, known they for... sold out a bunch. They had to sell a bunch of properties, didn't they? They did. Yeah, yeah. they farmed out a lot of okay. their things. Most of what THQ did, especially around this time, were wrestling games. Okay. So we'll see them several more times. Uh, and uh, they also did series like Red Faction, which I have. They're kind of guilty pleasures of mine. I like Red Faction. Uh, so Destruction Derby was one of the earliest PlayStation games. Uh, it had the long box uh, and everything, mm-hmm. which I, I always like. Uh, it was moderately popular, and it was well-liked enough to snag at a spot on the little-loved PS Classic in stores now for a discounted price. <laughs> yeah, because it's not selling very well. It's not great. So, uh, yeah, they, that, that was like the Super Nintendo Classic, but they filled it with a bunch of sort of B-level PS1 B-level games. games. Like... There's a couple of bona fide classics in there. Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, Mm -hmm. and then a lot of things that you wouldn't really want to play. Or The problem, we were talking about that, the problem is that uh, Sony makes their games very available. I could play Final Fantasy VII on my Vita for like $2. (laughs) It's it's really not an issue. Yeah, so to spend a $60 of access to Final Fantasy. Um, Yeah, so uh, it's... I can't really imagine wanting to go back, like in a world where Twisted Metal exists... Like, I don't know that you would want to go back and play, like, Destruction Derby So this game is odd. This is a strange game. Not to say that Monster Truck Madness was not also a strange game. Oh, yeah. But this seems more like a, an intentionally choice to make a strange game, whereas Monster Truck Madness was just horrible. Yeah. Um, the gameplay of this is it's not actually a racing game, even though it looks like one. It's some kind yeah. of weird hybrid of a destruction and a racing game. This game is... Seems like a very clear precursor to Burnout, which is a series that would do what this game's trying to do way better. Yeah, and Burnout. Yeah, Burnout is a fantastic series that is unfortunately kind of dead now. But um, the deal with Burnout is you would drive real fast and you would sort of smash other cars into the walls as you were driving in order to gain boost. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still a racing game. In Destruction Derby, you it is a score based game. Yeah. So um, you drive as your rate. The, the tracks are just set up. They look actually a lot like the burnout tracks. There's yeah. like European Rivieras and things like that. And as you're driving through the track, you have about six cars going the same direction as you. Six cars going the other direction, and your goal is to get points by smashing into those cars. Yeah, and um, yeah, and that's about it. Like it's it's a little confusing to try and like parse out what's happening mm-hmm. because it's so structured like a racing game. And, like, all the other cars are driving the opposite direction, which was confusing at first. I'm like, am I driving the wrong direction? But no, is, you turn your, around. is your goal, and it's re- very odd to intentionally smash into another car going the opposite direction as yeah. you. Yeah. It's very hard to get yourself to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, this game looks real nice. It um, does. No, it really does. And maybe uh, that might be the Monster Truck Madness <laughs> bias coming off because we just came off that and popped this one in and we're like oh wow it looks clean and clear yeah what i what i compared it to is uh 
a while ago you hosted a bad bad movie night and mm-hmm. we did a double feature of um first we watched the movie food fight mm-hmm. um which is just a nightmarish monster truck madness unpleasantness of yeah. a movie it's then an we, assault on the eyes oh all it's, the senses. it's brutal and then we watched the movie mac and me which is a bad et ripoff it's like completely inept but after watching food fight it was a welcome reprieve it's it, like wow they have like professional actors in this movie and oh look ronald mcdonald this does not hurt my eyes to look at it and so yeah destruction derby was kind of like that it was like wow this game is actually like my car controls the way i want it to yeah and there's some music happening no fog like it looked really nice there was like that nice like lens flare effect when you drive around the corner like it looked good Mm -hmm. and uh you know so this this game is kind of it's loosely based on the concept of a demolition derby okay which like i said i've had uh, two of my former cars end up in demolition derbies, which is not... <laughs> not driven by you. Not driven by me. I've never actually attended one of these, but like I found out later that uh, my very first car was a, a 1986 Subaru Brat, which if people are not familiar with that, look it up. It's a truck-car hybrid. It looks like somebody took like an El Camino and then squished it, okay. so it's real small. So that was my first car. And my second car was a, a, a another 1986 Chrysler LeBaron, which is a, like a ragtop convertible thing. And uh, both of them by their ends were not running hardly at all anymore. And so I sold them and I got a new car that worked. And I found out later that both of them were in destruct- or demolition derbies. And uh, neither of them did very well. Oh, no. They weren't in the same demolition derby. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, neither of them performed terribly So honorably. what is the goal of a demolition derby? I mean, you know, I don't know how one necessarily wins uh, demolition derby because you're always going to be taking damage. I think it's more just like the appeal of seeing a bunch of car wrecks and knowing that people aren't getting hurt. How um, are people not getting hurt in those car wrecks? They What's equip their... them with roll cages and with, uh, you know, they give them helmets and everything like that. So they, they kind of reinforce the frame of the car before okay. they send you out there. And they, they get the engines going at least well enough that you can, like, drive. Okay. And uh, then you just slam it. And it's just kind of like bumper cars, but basically real cars that are getting taken apart. And it's yet another thing that originated in the American South, uh, just you know, bored rednecks uh, sometime back in the 50s. And then it just kind of gradually got more and more popular. Its peak of popularity was probably around the 70s when it was being covered on TV for the wide world of sports. Okay. Uh, but that faded. Uh, but to, still to this day, it's a staple of like fairs, you know, yeah. count, county and uh, state fairs. I feel, I feel like the, the way fairs work is they jam all the things in there that wouldn't be interesting enough to go to on their own yeah. to make it a destination. Like, you would never go see a hypnotist. No. But, like, if it's at a fair... If it's a hypnotist next to somebody who's going to guess your weight yeah, next to, next like, to like some elephant pies. ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why exactly. not? Yeah. It's just a conflagration of all these... Or, not conflagration. That's a fire. But, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it's like this confluence of all these yeah. different, like, oddball acts that don't have a home anywhere else exactly it's charming in its way i don't know yeah and so i i mean i had to give this game you know credit for doing like a weird thing and sort of making that intentional choice it's a different kind of gameplay and it's actually pretty fun i think right at the start of the race when Mm -hmm. there's 12 cars to smash into and you're driving through um it gets significantly less fun when it's only you and one other car going the other direction. So you have to drive around the whole course until you see them. And then if you miss each other, you drive around the whole course again yeah. um, to try and destroy them. I think the, there was a recurring clip from uh, a later season of The Office that was playing in my head while we were playing this. So it's a scene where, like, I don't know, there's three of them in the car and they're talking about relationship problems. And then Jim just kind of excuses himself. He just leaves the car. And then we cut to him being interviewed by the camera. And he said, sorry, that just that just wasn't interesting to me. That <laughs> kept playing in my head. Like, there wasn't a good reason for him to leave. He's just like, that, just, that wasn't interesting. And, and that so just kept playing. I'm like, this is this is fine. This, uh, But this this does nothing for me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm mentally checking out of yeah. this game. Like, And it's not doing anything wrong, necessarily. I'm just checking out. You were you were broken by uh, Monster Truck Madness. I think so. And I mean, you got a good amount of variety in this game. Like, And this one was, from all I can tell, it's been upgraded in just about every way over the PlayStation version. Like, the first... Uh, the first game only had three cars, which is like kind of ludicrously yeah. low. And this one has like, I don't know, like 20 something, but, but they very, all look the same. Yeah. Very, biz- 
tremendous lack of personality in this game. The cars are literally named Car 1, Car 2, mm-hmm. Car 9, and Car 222. There was something we, going on, and uh, we weren't sure if that was just what they were named or if, like, there was an old save game. No, but there was the no option to change the name of the cars oh, in the game. True. Yeah, that's So true. I have no idea if you unlocked more that had more exciting names like Car 62. Car 420, Car yeah, 69. Exactly. All the good ones, all, all the, the hits. All the, yeah, all the, the, the your favorite numbers. Yeah, you should make yeah. a list of top ten numbers. Okay, number one. <laughs> one. Number two. 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 Two, two is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, number three. Uh, I mean, it's a crowd, so I'm going to bump that down to number six. Okay, so number... Uh, wait, number, no, wait. So is no, number... Four th- is for whores, I remember. No, wait. Now I'm confused. Was What's number three? Was number three number six or... No, number three is number six. Number three is... No, number six is going to be number three now. Okay, I got I, it. So I it's like one, that. two, six. One, two, six. Four can stay where it is. Okay. Number five is 69. Yep. Uh, because, yeah, number six And then six number six was three... three. And number seven is, uh, I'm going to say Thor the Dark World. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. I think that's right. Um, I should have made this just a top five. It's far <laughs> too hard to have. Uh, number eight is, I would say, boy, now I, I don't know why I'm thinking about this so much. Somehow whenever you have a top ten, I'm like, this oh, is I don't where know. we're at. This is where we're at trying to talk <laughs> okay. about this game. Uh, uh, so that yeah, so there's multiplayer you. modes in this. It is yeah. a four-player game. Um the um what were the you sort of the multiplayer like, modes lean like more death into death actually a destruction like, yeah, yeah, yeah. deathmatch was just like a destruction derby. whereas yeah. the one player mode is this weird sort of racing destruction hybrid this you just kind of drive around in an arena and you know run into people and so yeah it's just you get points by running into people and then eventually you're all destroyed it's it's not that exciting to just drive into the other cars no. there's it, we're not crazy about the car combat games in general, but it's definitely more exciting to shoot missiles than it is to kind of just Something. rub into someone. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other modes. There's a bomb mode where basically you run into people to give them a bomb, mm-hmm. and then if it's a hot potato mode. If you're holding the bomb when your timer runs out, you explode. Yeah. Um, then there's a capture the flag mode, which I thought seemed like had some potential to be fun with four people mm. because, you know, you drive out, you grab the flag, and then if other people on the team whack you, you lose the flag, and then you try to bring it back. Yeah. It, again, none of this is great, but no. at least I could see playing it. Um, and then there's the two-player mode of the... Um, the base game where you're both racing to try and get the highest points to destroy the other cars. And it's it's just like it's just very dull. It's all very dull to me. All right, uh, fair enough. You know, it, it's it's easily the best of the three games we played oh, today. By, like, not by even a, a close. huge amount. Like this one's very capably made. It's just like I said, I have a hard time justifying playing this when there's so many more interesting options out there. I'm not even crazy about Twisted Metal, but like I would much sooner play Twisted Metal over this. Yeah. It's just it's got more personality, it's got something going on. Uh well, you know what? Let's let's move on to our very last listener question. I think we've uh, I think we've <laughs> we've earned it. We've destroyed this. This one's coming from yeah, Michaela they're, they're Nicholson. Just now down in a little heap of metal these three games they are absolutely wreckage sorry it's from it's from who uh michaela nicholson okay yeah yeah we know her uh yeah so um oh i guess the one other thing i will say about destruction derby is that there were three more destruction derby games after this uh but there hasn't been one since 2004 because no one cares yeah exactly but maybe with the success of the ps classic it'll get a reason alongside intelligent cube and jumping Jumping flash Flash. and irritating stick irritating (laughs) irritating stick on that (laughs) i don't know it might be it's probably not but uh so the question from michaela is what piece of media do not enough people know about and it could be like games books video games or movies we know what media is yeah we yeah well we have a podcast i'm just saying she the way she phrased it okay was to to clarify thanks that is helpful so uh I have a couple of go-tos that I always recommend to people. Um, Wait, is this just a recommend question? Is yeah, this where you just recommend, recommend things that people don't know about? Okay. I think it's kind of that, yeah. I have yeah. Before we get into just the straight-up recommendations, I have, a, I have a question for yeah. you. Do you prefer to be enthusiastic about things that a lot of people know about, or do you prefer to be enthusiastic about things that you don't think a lot of other people know about? Honestly, like it doesn't super matter to me anymore. When I was younger, I was kind of all about like just seeking out the weird shit that no one else has heard and then like lording it over them. Oh, what? You haven't heard of Boondock Saints? (laughs) That one came back to bite me in the ass. Uh, Yeah, but now I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting soft or movies are just kind of generally getting better. 
Uh, I think it's been a while since I've seen like a big blockbuster that I thought was just a real turd. You know, maybe like that that latest Jurassic World was like the closest I saw to like seeing okay. a movie that I think Fair is just enough. like inept. Uh, but like I think with Marvel movies like Dominating and the Landscape, those are hugely popular, and I really like them too. Yeah. You know, and I I don't have a problem with that. Okay, I, but, I was just curious because I think I still fall into the sort of the hipster like, oh, are you I'm not gonna like this if everyone's into like, it. I want. I can be think contrary. of at least one. I'm not gonna say because I can think of at least one example of something that you try and get people to watch that like they wouldn't normally. <laughs> We've watch definitely brought it up many times. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Think through the podcast. See yeah, if you can figure yeah. it out. I can think of at least one. I'll, I'll say for some of mine, like I'll start with the the biggest one. It's a video game. It, it's uh, like I think it was fairly popular, but like I don't hear people talking about it with the level of respect that they should. Uh, Alien Isolation. Okay. Uh, came out for the PS4 and uh, Xbox One, and it's easily the scariest game I've ever played. Wow. Uh, because it's so intense. Like, you you have weapons, but they're very ineffectual. Uh, there's just one alien, and you're being hunted by one alien the entire time. It's the closest you get to feeling like you're in the Ridley Scott movie. Uh, a really great uh, attention to detail. And the fact that they're able to make a pretty long game, like a good 20-hour game, that stays that scary the entire time is very impressive. Cool. cool. Um, for movies, I'm always trying to get people to watch a, a movie called Shattered Glass. Huh. Uh, it's got Hayden Christensen and Peter Sarsgaard and Melanie Linsky, a bunch of great people. And uh, it's a true story about a, a journalist who was caught lying, basically just lying and making up stories. Okay. And um, it's it's one of – I'm a sucker for journalism movies. I'm a former journalist and I just uh, – you know, that's my – field of interest read all about it steve's a nerd read all extra about it. extra nerp nerp yeah and uh, hey kev likes his bookie work <laughs> uh but yeah i think uh shattered glass is a really exceptionally well done um like study about journalistic ethics and things like that it's very dry in its presentation but like you get really sucked into it when you realize how emotionally layered it is it's really good it's and, gonna be uh part of the team with uh Bruce Willis and the multiple personalities guy, right? Ooh, yeah, why not? It's, he's, he's joining. He's joining that the Shyamalanaverse. <laughs> the Shyamalanaverse. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is a weird movie that I can't believe is being made. <laughs> uh, and then I'll toss in one book recommendation. Uh, I came across this one like two or three years ago, and I've been like telling everybody about it. It's uh, it's called A Head Full of Ghosts by it's called Paul Anna Karenina. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's long though. No, uh, head, head full of ghosts. A head full of ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Really, really cool approach to like a psychological horror story. Uh, it's about a girl whose uh, sister may or may not be possessed by the devil. Uh, so, and they they leave it very ambiguous. So, like, you never know: is this like an ongoing prank? Is this a mental illness, or is she actually possessed? And they don't give you any easy answers. It's really well done. Um, Can you have the title one more time? A head full of ghosts. Nice. I'll, I'll send you home with it. <laughs> it's really great. I don't. I don't. I don't read. I oh, work at a right. library. I'm overwhelmed by that's books true. too that's much. True. Um, all right. Well, just so we have all of the media covered, I will recommend an album. Um, so I think this album was a pretty big success in Britain. Um, it's called it, the White Album. Yeah, exactly. The Beatles. Beatles. You might have heard of them. They're really up and comers. Um, it is called The Race for Space by mm. the band Public Service Broadcasting. And um, their premise is they make kind of electronic music, um, but it integrates a lot of clips. Okay. Um, the, from their first and third album are sort of more focused on British things. So they'll have clips from like educational British television from the 70s oh, wow. and sort of integrate songs into it. Um, but this particular album is a concept album about the space race in the 60s. And so I don't know if you saw that movie First Man. No. Um, but it was, you know, it was about um, that sort of America's push and the difficulties of them overcoming. And it was long and pretty boring. Okay. Um, this album basically does that same thing, but it does it in a half an hour and you can listen to it while you're cooking, which is makes First Man less good. Um, so it's like first podcasts yeah it, yeah exactly Kinda, so yeah. yeah it they do really um sort of intense moments like where they'll have sort of audio from mission control during these missions and then they'll sort of cut out the sound mm. and do these different things and so it's but the songs are also pretty catchy so yeah it's called the race for space by public service broadcast is that like older is that no like, it came oh. out uh i think within the last five years oh okay okay and, that sounds yeah. interesting yeah it's really cool yeah 
Uh, so I guess that is uh, that is it. Well, I think that moves on to what we can finally uh, slap our games in the rankings list yeah, here. Speaking uh, of races. Yes, yes. So uh, each week we uh, add the games that we just played to our ongoing rankings of all the Nintendo 64 games. Uh, I don't know when this episode's airing, so I don't know how many games we have on there. But, but it's gonna, some number. It's some number greater than 100. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll start us off on here. Okay. So I think, like we said, the most palatable game in this, uh, was, uh, Destruction Derby 64, but it also still was not interesting to me. So I'm putting that, uh, just, uh, this is going to be around number 75. Okay. Uh, so that's just below NBA in the zone 98 and just above MRC multi-racing championship. Uh, my Another next, game that was not interesting. Not interesting in the least, but I think I would slightly play destruction derby more than mrc sure. uh the next one is a, a off-road championship or challenge off-road yeah. cha- i'm already forgetting the fucking name of this game off-road <laughs> challenge uh that was really terrible and boring but i think i still like it slightly better than penny racers yeah so it's going at number 90 just ahead of penny racers and monster truck madness 64 you may have uh parsed this out but this is my new bottom of the barrel worst game dual heroes moving up in the rankings step aside dual heroes yeah uh monster truck madness is in town this was a startlingly bad game like i don't even i was not prepared for how bad and like unpleasant and unplayable this game was (laughs) all right um we have pretty similar rankings um Destruction Derby was also the one I enjoyed the most. It, again, it wasn't super interesting. I think I liked it a little more than you. I'm putting it at number 54. Okay. Um, which is still in the realm of games I'm not excited to play. Yeah. Um, that's that's in a comfortable little bubble of, uh, of games, mediocrity. Games yeah. you'll never play again. Uh, Off-Road Challenge is a lot farther down. Um, at number 86, it was boring but also bad. Yeah. Um, and then... We're gonna we're lining up here at the bottom again. Monster Truck Madness, my number oh. right at the bottom, which I think is 102, 104, something Somewhere down there. there. Um, it was so unpleasant in our. We just it was one of those. Yeah, we have kind of a shared experience whenever we get to games that are sort of at this very bottom of the list. Our mouths are kind of open. We're like, is this really the game? Is this? Are we doing something wrong? We were yelling so it's, loud at this TV, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of different emotions that are in each of our, uh, probably each 20 uh, spots in our games, a different emotion happens. So, like, for the first 20, it's, like, joy. Yeah. And then the next 20, it's kind of surprise. It's like, like, oh, this is better than I thought it would be. Yeah. 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 And then it just becomes sort of... it's like Un- like bland uninteresting take it or leave it yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and then at the end and then so then there's just general bad where like this is pretty bad where it's like uh the batman game or something sure yeah um and then and the sort of the select few like the last five on the bottom it's just shock yeah it's just and like disbelief that somebody put effort into making this and like i actually feel like insulted like i feel like my time has been stolen from me even though i'm electing to do this of my own accord yeah it's like oh somebody really does not respect me. and that somebody thought it was okay to release this as a product to charge people money for ridiculous yeah, yeah ridiculous uh, i'm i'm uh yeah i'm i'm kind of amazed anything was going to unseat transformers for you yeah but, uh, i know yeah, and again i want to ref- yeah sick. i want to refresh again transformers made us sick to look at yeah and this game didn't do that. It was just so unpleasant just to play that it was Ugh. worse. Yeah, I'm going to finish off the job. Whoever was trying to destroy my copy, I'm going to go down and just dunk it in some dip like it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Going to um, ruin the collection. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I mean, we didn't have fun playing this, but I sure felt good uh, getting all this out. And, uh, and, and we, don't have to pl- we don't have to play them again. We're, we're passing the demon on to you. We're, we're giving you a ring curse. Uh, Hopefully I, next week we're playing something better. I'm uh, I'm betting we are, but I don't know what it is because I don't know when this one's going to air. So just check out the liner notes in the podcast. That'll tell you when what we're playing next. It'll be great. So uh, until next week, uh, vroom vroom, kill me. Don't play Monster Truck Madness. The cat's been in here the whole time. Hi, oh. kitty. Vroom. Popping on my iPod, thumping on the subs in the back of my crew cab. Redneck rocking like a rock star, sling a little mud off the back, we can do that. 
Friday night football, Saturday last call, Sunday hallelujah. If you like it up loud and you hear Billy proud, then you know what I'm talking about. Let me hear you say, truck, yeah, I wanna get it jacked up, yeah, let's crank it on up, yeah. With a little bit of luck, I can find me a girl with a truck, yeah, we can love it on up, yeah, till the sun comes up, yeah. And if you think it's life, I love is a little too dumb. 